Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders! Go, food needs refill! Welcome into this edition of The Bar, Seth Harp, Harp on Sports. I know it's a little bit different this go-around. Doing it from my office. Week, uh, going to be in the bar on the weekend, back at my house in Jacksonville, until everything can get itself uh, sorted out here, coming up over the course of the next few months. Again, welcome in to The Bar, live from the Harp on Sports office on the campus of the University of Florida. Got the Harp on Sports light in the corner. A little set up behind me. Ready to roll. What do we have in store for you today? Got three things. Got three things in store for you on this episode of The Bar. Before we begin, like, follow, subscribe. Subscribe, follow, like. At Harp on Sports Twitter. At Harp on Sports Instagram. Facebook, the Harp on Sports page. You're watching Harp on Sports Live. Also, uh, the Harp on Sports YouTube channel. The podcast, Harp on Sports The Bar. Available for you on Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Buzzsprout. We put it all up on all platforms. Make sure you check it out. What are the three things we have in store for you today here on the show? One, Brett McMurphy, well-renowned sports columnist, college football columnist. He is going to be, well, setting things up for quite the debate heading into the weekend. Why? He talked to 112 of 118 college football ADs, college athletic directors. They want the college football playoff to expand. 112 out of 118, it's a pretty large chunk, wouldn't you say? So what does that mean, and what do they want? Again, I think four is fine. You want to go to eight, fine. But I'm going to start throwing some curveballs and some knuckleballs your way when it goes from four to eight. Things that nobody's even thinking of. Let's just go to eight. All right. There are definite questions we're going to have when it comes to going from four to eight, so we're going to get to that. Uh, Walt Babcock, the athletic director at Virginia Tech, also part of the college football playoff selection committee. Talking about college football moving back, as in, we may begin in October. We may begin in November for college football with what's going on with the coronavirus. We cool with that? So we're going to discuss that also, for crying out loud. I mean, I've got one athletic director who I agree with totally in his approach when it comes to not wanting to play college football games without fans. I agree totally. Having a bunch of people play, having 22 guys go up against each other in an empty stadium is meaningless. And plus, they can still be giving it to each other. So you can't live your life in fear. You're right, you can't live your life in fear, but it's suicide to jump out of an airplane without a parachute either. So you've got to be smart about things like this. Then i got three college football coaches that are just saying things that are ridiculous and doing things that are ridiculous. Ridiculous. So we'll dive into that as well. Where to begin? Well, Brett McMurphy. 112, 118 ADs that he talked to, athletic directors, saying that they would like to see the college football playoff expand from 12 to 18. Or excuse me, from four to eight. Excuse me. I'll give you the percentages coming up here. I've always look, if you want to expand it, we expanded March Madness from what? 16 to 32 to 64 to 65 to 68 to 64 to 68, 66. I'm okay with expanding things. I am. There are a couple of problems as we expand things, or at least talk about the possibility of expanding things. One, they're gonna ask a bunch of college athletes to play another game. What's in it for them? Exposure? They already get plenty of exposure. What's in it? What is in it for a college football player to play an extra round? What's in it for them? Do they get a cut of the gate? Well, no, they don't get anything. Well, then expand it to 16, 32, 64. At what point do you go with a college football athlete, a 19, 20, 21-year-old, where 
15 years ago, they played 11 games. 12, 13. What's in it for them? Nothing? All right, fine. You want to abuse them still? Go ahead and knock yourself out. That's hurdle number one. Got to be in it. Something for them. You can't sit there and expand the college football from four to eight, rake in an extra $250 million and say, hey, guys, uh, I don't hear you. I, no, no, you don't get anything out of this. You can't do that. So that's hurdle number one. Hurdle number two, the, the consensus is four to eight, not four to six or four to 16. 88% of the athletic directors polled said, you know what? We're okay with eight. Okay. 11% want 16. Those 11% are going to come from mid-majors. Where I went, Western Michigan University, because they want a guaranteed spot in this thing. When it's all said and done, the majority, 66%, preferred the 5-2-1 method, five conference champions, two at-large bids, and then one from the non-Power 5. But one out of three AD said that non-Power 5 bid wouldn't be guaranteed. Why? You don't want... You know, nine and three Memphis stumbling into this thing, do you? You want an automatic bid for a non-power five team if that power five non-power five team is ranked twentieth or twenty-first. But in the same vein, you could sit there and say, okay, what if the eighteenth ranked team in the country wins the Big Twelve championship? Now they're going to be in the playoff. These things go back and forth, right, in terms of automatic bids and debates and discussions. So it's up for a variety of branches on the tree of chaos when it comes to this. Five, two, and one. And the thing about college football that always resonates is there's always a debate. There's always a discussion. Always. And that's where this is. Five, two, one. I'm going to just give you a couple things. Again, I'm, I am. But you're going to ask college football players to play another game. What do they get out of it? Don't tell me exposure. They already get that. You're gonna, the network's going to make $200, $300 million on an extra four college football games. What do the athletes get out of it? This is the way you could pay everybody and be okay with it. Everybody could make their money with this. Because let's face it, if the networks are shelling out $250 million, $200 million for the expanded college football playoff, then that $200 million you could pay every athlete and then some. Twenty-five grand, and then some in all sports. So that will be interesting to see when we go down that path. That's what some of the money should be used for. Let's say you go... Five conference champions, two at largest, non-power five, if they meet certain criteria. Cool. Great. I'm in. Um, the whole thing is the ADs want the playoffs, first round, to be on college sites, on campus sites. I'm cool with that. Here's the thing. How you seeding them? How you seed them? Because I got news for you. Think about what we just went through this year in college football with Georgia and LSU. Let's say Georgia's the seventh seed. Great. Let's say you find yourself in a situation where Wisconsin wins the Big Ten. Georgia fans, are you ready in December, December 17th, to go up to Camp Randall? You ready for that? Because I got news for you. It's not playing Notre Dame in September at night. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Big Ten land. Do you know what December 17th is? It's cold. It's frigid. It's school canceled because they don't want kids waiting at the bus stop cold. So, look, I would love to see it because you'd equal the playing field. For years, you had Big Ten teams coming to the South and getting worked. <laughs> Why? Because A, they weren't as good talent-wise, and B, they weren't ready for 90-degree, 85-degree bowl games. They weren't ready for that. I got news for you, it's going to work in reverse. I'd love to see it. There's nothing more than I would love to see Alabama take on Penn State 
in Happy Valley on December 16th in the opening round of the college football playoff. You're going to see, so, so there, there's issue number one. You may not think it's a big deal, but seeing SEC teams and ACC teams travel to Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, be a different world. Be a different world. And you know, talking about winterizing stadiums, that, that, that's something that can take care of itself. That, you know, when you got millions and millions of dollars on the line, whoop de do. That's issue number one. Issue number two. Issue number two, as far as I see, the five conference champions, you're going to award them with automatic bids? Can award them with automatic bids. So let's say I'm a three-loss Pac-12 South team, Arizona State, and I beat undefeated Oregon. I get to go as a conference champion. Okay, so I'm going to be what? Four seed, five seed with three losses, and they're going to be down there and enlarge and travel. That's fine. Look, the, the, you, you can reward conference champions, and conference champions are automatic locks through one through five. Okay, what do you do with undefeated Notre Dame? What do you do with undefeated Notre Dame? What if, without a doubt, you have a situation like where Alabama and LSU are the top two teams in the country like they were a decade ago? What do you do then? See, that, that, those are the things where you can't automatically, do you still get into a committee and you seed these teams? Okay. The Central Floridas of the world, are they ever going to get to host or are they always going to be on the road? Maybe they're always going to be on the road. They just wanted a seat at the table. So, you know, again, the fact, and this is where you finally have, and, you know, we're always debating about expanding the playoffs, more playoffs, more playoffs. That's fine. But Brett, Brett McMurphy, college football writer, finally penned to paper, or at least keystrokes to, right, the Internet, in which you have 112 of 118 AD saying, and we want to expand this here when we can in the next five years. It's going to be expanded. Just the question is what it's going to look like. So, again, I'm cool with it. Something needs to be in there for the players. I think it would be great. Like this past year, Georgia would have been, well, let's say Georgia's the sixth seed. Let's say Georgia's, after getting worked by LSU, let's say Georgia's the sixth seed, and they've got to go on the road and take on the three seed. And that three seed ends up being Ohio State. So Georgia has to go to Columbus to start the college football playoff. I'd love to see SEC teams in the North in snow. I think it'd be great. It'd be great. I know the Big Ten teams would love it. But then, what do you do with an undefeated Notre Dame? Where do they slide in there? Are they in at large no matter what? Okay, if they're in at large no matter what, do you have to put the five conference champions one through five? Can you shuffle them around a little bit? If a four-loss team wins their conference, can you bury them at the eight, make them take on a one? So, just some food for thought. But the fact that this, this is going to happen, the question is just what does it look like? So that's point number one. Walt Babcock the athletic director of Virginia Tech, part of the college football playoff selection committee, talked about college football's playoff, or excuse me, the college football season moving back. Would we be okay with the college football season beginning in October? Would we be okay moving it back to November? We are in unprecedented strange times. I saw today that Broadway is shut down in New York until June 7th. Every option is on the table. Every option's on the table. If this thing doesn't start till November 1st, so what? So what? February? That's when the NFL season ends. Now, you do have certain issues. Your sports are going to overlap. That's fine. Sports overlap now. We have an NBA season going on the same time we have an NFL season. 
We have an NHL, NBA, college basketball. We got four seasons going on, right? In December, we have the NBA, we have the NHL, we have college basketball, we have college football, bowl games, and we have the NFL. We got five sports going on at once. We can manage multiple sports at once. Will it stress the resources of the school? Absolutely. So, decision you're gonna have to make. The tougher decision, it's fine in the SEC playing in December, January. Gonna be a little bit different. Gonna be a little bit different if you expand and you're playing games in Pennsylvania, you know, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Gonna be a little bit different in those cold climates. It just is. Notre Dame. Do you care? You may not care, but that's the issue of moving things back. It'd be great in the South. It'd be great. Instead of kicking off Labor Day weekend when it's 116 degrees, you're gonna kick off October 1st when it's 80. That's fine. So look, I'm up for anything right now. This hard start date and this and that. Every I want you to do me a, a little bit of a lesson here, or a little bit of a, a internal poll. When's the last time somebody gave a hard date here with this coronavirus and it stud? When's the last time somebody gave a hard date here with this coronavirus? Any timeline, and it was right. By April 1st, we're going to do this. By this, we're going to do this. By this, we're going to do this. I can't put dates on this thing. It's not a flight. You're not going 60 miles an hour knowing in 60 miles, I'm going to go an hour. In an hour, I'm going to go 60 miles. It doesn't work that way. So, again, I, I'm okay with moving it. I am. I'm okay with moving things back. And if that means basketball doesn't start November 1st and basketball starts December 20th, so what? The NBA starts Christmas weekend? Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, came out and said, Look, it's possible that we don't have a season. This is all realistic at this point. So, Brett, or, or Walt Babcock's idea of shifting the college football season, not beginning this, maybe not beginning this thing till November, October, that's fine. That's fine. We've got to be realistic about this at this point. You're not going to get that. You know when you need to go 25 miles in 15 minutes? You're not going to do that. You need to be realistic when it comes to things. Realistic, which gets us to another thing. I love what the athletic director at Notre Dame said, Jack Swarbrick, saying, we don't want to play this unless there's fans. This whole talk about baseball playing games in Arizona, no fans, sequestered, come on, why? Why? What's the point? What's the point? In the visual of watching it after a week, everybody be like, hmm, feels like a spring training game with nobody in the stands. Remember those MAC football games, like on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays where like Toledo's taking on Northern Illinois and there are 30,000 people dressed up as empty seats? what it's going to feel like. There's going to be no ambiance, no pageantry. It's not. So I don't, I don't want it unless people can go. I don't. I don't want it unless people can go. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what any of us think. It matters what the doctors, the CDC, the people that are in charge of this epidemic, whether it's governors, whether it's those in the health department, they're going to make the call. What we think is irrelevant in this. But with the athletic directors talking about, hey, I don't want to do this unless there's fans there. I agree. I don't want to see baseball done in Arizona with no fans. I don't want to see, I really, really don't want to see college football without fans. Move it back. We can move things back. It's okay. We can push things back. We can have football taking place in January, February, and March. College football can't end the last weekend in February. That's okay. The draft doesn't happen until late April. That's okay. We can make these adjustments. Get used to constant change because it's coming. Nothing is going to start on time. Nothing is going to be in its perfect place. Get used to it. It's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, I like it. I like Walt Babcock's idea. I really, really do. Uh, let's see here. I talked about Jack Swarbrick, Notre Dame's athletic director, saying we don't want to do this in front of fans. You have three college football coaches who can't seem to put their fingers on the pulse of reality. 
One's Dabo Sweeney that's still traveling, taking private flights, traveling around the country during this ordeal, going on spring break, doing things like that, leading a good example, leading, in, leading by example. He's not. He's not. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. I'm better than you. I don't have to adhere by these rules. I can do whatever I want. Point one. I like Dabo as a football coach. He's got the best program in all of college football right now. He does. Now, they got beat. They lost the national championship game. LSU had a great season. Clemson's got the best program in college football, then Alabama. And then, you know, LSU had a great year with Joe Burrow, but I need to see multiple quarterbacks succeed before I can say you have the best program. So I like Dabo Sweeney. Good coach. If I were a five-star stud, probably lean in there. But this is just clueless. It is. It's clueless. So clueless Clemsoning. Dabo Sweeney flying around the country going on spring break. Whatever. 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 It's amazing how people don't think the rules apply to them. Um, Mike Gundy saying he wants to open it up May 1st. It's just ridiculous. It's not a realistic timeline. It's not. It's not a realistic timeline. It's foolish. It's foolish. He wants to get college football started on May 1st. Open things up. Three weeks. That timeline doesn't exist. It doesn't. And then Oklahoma State's got to release a statement saying, we're going to adhere what's the best thing for our student-athletes at this time. I, I don't think people grasp the concept of how deadly and how destructive this thing is. And people throw out numbers, there's more deaths to the flu. Yeah, over the course of five months. We're what, a month into this thing? We're going to have 30,000, 40,000 dead here in the next two weeks. More die of the flu. Yeah, that's when everybody's moving and everybody's out and about. You're dying at a higher rate. Pretty much everybody's indoors. Imagine if you turned everybody loose. If you turned everybody loose, you'd, you'd, you'd kill between seven to 10,000 people a day. You would. It's amazing. What about the money? What about the money? It's amazing. We're in this tug of war right now between life and money, money and life, money and life. You can make money down the road. You can't get your life back. You can't. We survived four or five years during a war, World War II. Survived the Civil War. We can survive a couple months indoors on the internet. So, you know, Mike Gundy, this is clueless. Clueless coaches. Mike Gundy, Dabo Sweeney, and then Mike Leach, head coach at Mississippi State, tweeting out the picture of confined with his wife and knitting a noose and things like that, a noose, Mississippi, state of Mississippi. It just, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. It's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. But you got to be careful when you tell jokes and where you tell jokes. If I am telling a joke and it's 2002 and it's St. Louis, was it Daryl Kyle that died of a heart attack, St. Louis Cardinal? And I come out and say, man, I'm as serious as a heart attack. I'm going to drop dead of a heart attack. That's a little bit sensitive subject. If I say it where nothing like that's occurred in a different market, in a different city in Seattle, when nothing, man, I'm as serious as a heart attack. It's not going to stick the same. A noose sticks differently in Mississippi than it sticks somewhere else. Shouldn't do it, period. But you know how you have different gauges and screws and different gauges and nails and they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? Knives get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Ice pick as opposed to machete. Both are very sharp objects. Both can really do damage. But one's bigger than the other, depending on where it is. And that's what that is. So, clueless coaches. Dabo Sweeney. What are you doing? What aren't you doing? I mean, come on. Flying around the country. <laughs> Rules don't apply to me. Mike Gundy. For anything's open to May 1st is my goal. You don't get a say in this. It's actually disruptive is what it is. Part of the solution, part of the problem. Try to keep everybody, you, you present false hope and you can sit there and, well, sometimes we need hope. We need hope. Fine. And Simon Cowell is the best this. You can't sing, you can't dance, you can't play an instrument. You, you can't do anything. I'm not going to put, you're not going to get a contract. What do you want me to tell you? You can't, you can't win this competition. That's cruel, but it's true. You want false hope? 
Imagine if doctors behave that way. You come in and go, hmm, let me see here. You're morbidly obese. You have diabetes. You're 28 years old. You're fine. You're going to be just fine. No, you want the truth, right? You don't lose 50 pounds in the next year. You're going to die. You want the truth when you go see a doctor, don't you? Well, don't. I mean, the truth. The truth is ugly at times. It's beautiful at times. But there is no temperature. It is neither hot nor cold. And you got coaches out there. I want to open things up by May 1st. Like, how much it's ridiculous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And then everybody says, well, I'm not an expert on this. If you are responsible for other people, and what you learn, and at least what I've learned in the last month, is how clueless we are as Americans on health. And you're out there throwing out, well, this is what we should do, this is what we should do. But I'm not a doctor. Then why did you offer your advice? You must think it's somewhat important if you're sharing it. Because you want that plausible deniability when it's all said and done saying, well, I'm not a doctor, so I'm good. No, you're not. You're not at all. You're reckless. Dabo Sweeney, reckless. Mike Gundy, reckless. Mike Leach is just clueless. But... This guy thinks he's a pirate, and I like. I think Mike Leach is entertaining as hell. I do. I think he's captivating. He's entertaining. But when you hire the guy from the circus to come in, don't get upset when he puts on clown makeup, because that's what he's done. So there you go. It's just a little midweek bar podcast for you. Even though I'm not at the bar today, I'm in my office here on the beautiful campus of the University of Florida. By the way, thank you everybody with all the well wishes. Yes. I am now the operations coordinator, operations manager here at ESPN 98.1 in Gainesville, ESPN Gainesville, uh, home of the Florida Gators and every single thing. Uh, it's great. And, you know, the success of the football program, the basketball program, the baseball program here, it's the most successful athletic program top to bottom in the country. It is. And I'm honored to be a part of it. I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of it. And it's something when it opened up, it was almost too good to be true. Like, wait a second. And I love my time in Jacksonville. I did. I love my time in Jacksonville. I've got great friends there. Love the people there. Enjoyed it. But, yeah, sports get started up again. It's a good place to be. It's a great place to be here in the state. So, again, thanks, everybody, for the well wishes. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar, the podcast, um, harponsports.com, Twitter, at Harp on Sports, Instagram, at Harp on Sports. You're watching Facebook Live, so the Harp on Sports Facebook page. What else do we have for you? Uh, the YouTube channel, Seth Harp, Harp on Sports. And you can check us out on all social media platforms. I got everything linked, pinned, all of those things. Be a part of it. Like, follow, share, share, follow, like. And we appreciate it very, very much. We'll be back with a weekend podcast from the bar. The actual bar location is, uh, we're a work in progress here as we move back and forth uh, during the week here in Gainesville, back in Jacksonville, until things settle down here a little bit. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. This has been The Bar on the Harp on Sports Audio and Media Network.